Dream big for what we can do here. Let's not be small thinkers. Let's take what we have, let's use it to our advantage, let's come together as a group, and let's go do it together. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to episode 41 of the All Den Podcast, your look inside the Furman men's basketball program. I'm Dan Scott, the voice of the Paladins, director of broadcasting here at Furman, and head coach Bob Ritchie will be joining us here in just a moment. It's good to have you with us again as we try to get on a a regular schedule with the podcast again, Uh, this one coming just two weeks after episode 40, and that's where we're going to try to stay Uh, at least for the time being, about every two weeks to give you an update with what's going on with the basketball program. I'll remind you of a couple of things. First of all, the podcast is brought to you by Shortfields and Downtown Traveler's Rest. Great restaurant, even better people. Shortfields.com is the website. You can see the menu, operating hours, everything you need right there at the website, shortfields.com. And if you have any suggestions, questions, comments, please feel free to drop me a line via email, dan.scott at furman.edu, dan.scott at furman.edu, and we'll make sure those questions get to Coach Bob Ritchie. As I said a moment ago, this is episode 41 of uh, the All Den podcast. I'm Dan Scott and head coach Bob Ritchie is here joining us, and, uh, well, we said we wanted to get back on a regular schedule. We're two weeks removed from Episode 40, and I know this happened uh, a little earlier. Well, first of all, it's good to see you, Bob. Good to talk to you, but uh, uh, since the last time we talked, the news came out about your contract extension, so congratulations on that. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Obviously, in our business, you know, security and time and years is always a valuable asset, so... uh, you know, like I said, just uh, humbled and, and, and great, grateful for, you know, the, the institution's belief in us and the way we're doing it. I think it's a great partnership and alignment of, of really trying to make this one of the best mid-major jobs in the country. And, um, you know, it seems like everybody's starting to kind of fall into place to try to see what we got to do, push that there. And, um, you know, exciting time to be a paladin for sure. You know, we always hear talk about it. Coaches will talk about the the advantages to recruiting when you've got those extra years on the end of your contract but from a realistic standpoint when it comes to recruiting how does that help you when you can show these headlines now that hey you've got this extension not that your recruiting haven't been great already but this obviously has to be another tool to help you yeah I mean most of the time in this day and age they're always going to ask you you know what's what's your contract situation you know that's just with as much turnover and, and obviously you know, the, the recruit wanting to play for the coach that he signs up to play for. That's a frequent question. And, um, you know, when there's when, when when you're just answering off of no data, that's one thing. But when there's public record that shows that the institution is, you know, back to with support and, um, you know, that they're they're investing in your program for the future. That just puts that question at ease and um, it shows commitment. And, um, you know, it's it's one of those things that, you know, there was a lot of I mean, I got texts from a lot of recruits last night that were pretty excited about seeing it. And so that's always a positive in, in our deal. What, what What is it about this job at this juncture in your career that has you wanting to make this kind of commitment to Furman right now? Well, you know, I think, I think it, it, it's one of those things where when I was an assistant head coach, whatever, I've always felt that in, in mid-major jobs, a lot of times what holds some mid-major jobs back is – 
there's there's certain obstacles you just can't get over. They're, they're fixed obstacles, right? Whether it's a bad location, whether it's a, a degree that's not, you know, prestigious or whether it whether it's a campus that might not, you know, just just be competitive in terms of how it's laid out. And, you know, for us, all three of those are at the highest of levels, right? You know, from for our from what we're competing in, when you talk about our campus, when you talk about our degree, when you talk about our city, those those are fixed and and those are going to stay strong. And so it's really been in this journey, just getting the program where it needs to be. And that's been the fun part of this journey, you know, find, finding the right people to be on the boat and then making sure that we have an identity and a culture that, that can sustain success. And then now, you know, that next phase is getting the resources and the facility in alignment with your competitors that are at the top of the mid-major level. And, you know, I think at that point for me, the excitement is, is once we do that and we, we get those facilities to where we're just in the ballpark, um, I don't, I don't see what, I don't see what the negative is, right? I mean, people can still kind of use that recruiting on us. Hey, you know, we, we've, and we've had it, you know, everybody, you know, this facility or this, or this is what we've invested. But once, once that last piece is kind of put in place, I think this is going to make this a, a, a special mid-major job and we're going to continue to see, you know, good results from it. Is that why at this juncture anyway, playing games at the well is so important because you, you can add that as, as a piece of the facility puzzle? It's, it's definitely, you know, the well is, is multi-purposed in that we're trying to get into our, our, our downtown and, and something that our fan base really enjoys and likes. And it's also something that, that is supplemental to recruiting, regardless if we had the best facility in the league, like we're not going to have a 14,000 seat arena that's sitting in the middle of downtown. So that's not something that would necessarily disappear. Like you ripped the bandaid off because now we got a permanent fix. I think that's, I would, I would imagine that's here to stay uh, would at least be my hope, but it's something that, that definitely augments what we're doing. And, and now, you know, you can with, with, you know, one of the, one of the things that we've, continue to try to figure out with our current situation is just, you know, how do you host people, you know, the experience of it and the things that you're able to do at the well versus what we're able to do at Timmins with some of our guests and some of our boosters and supporters, you know, it's just two different experiences. And so, you know, I think, I think there's a lot of different reasons why we do play at the well. Um, but man, it's, 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 I was watching film of one of our oil games earlier today and uh, it's just exciting down there. So we definitely want to keep that up and, and keep building on that. When all of this talk about recruiting and, and facilities and everything else is predicated upon actually playing games again. And on September the 16th, I believe, coming up, uh, it was, we're recording this on, on Thursday the 10th, so in less than a week we're supposed to have uh, an answer from the NCAA about what the basketball season is going to look like. Is there any insight you can give us as to what you're hearing or what you think may be the structure of the 2020-2021 basketball season? So, you know, you can get on Twitter and see all the all the different, you know, discussions and, and yesterday even, you know, with the ACC's proposal of everybody making the tournament. I think there's going to be a lot of different ideas and uh, you got all the bubbles and, you, you know, you got everything going on. I think at the end of the day, you know, from what I'm hearing, more than likely the season is going to get pushed back to November 25th. And, and then from there, they're going to back up, you know, six weeks and we'll start practice October 14th. And they're going to do a little bit of a buildup. It sounds like where right now we have eight hours activity. Usually we just jump right to 20 when practice starts. And I think they're going to go eight, you know, give us a couple weeks of 12 and then into 20. And, um, you know, so I like how that's laid out. 
the mystery right now, Dan, that none of us really have a feel for is just what they're going to do with these schedules. You know, like what does that do with the contracts that we have in that two week window? Um, obviously, we're not going to play those games. And then what does that do with the contracts after that November 25th? Is, does that mean those are still intact? Does that mean um, we're, we're blowing we're blowing the whole thing up and we're starting over? The good news for us is ESPN has been in communication with us and they have told us that they have full intent to still do the Myrtle Beach event in some form or fashion. It might be all of their events together. It might be in a bubble location, uh, but they're telling us, you know, hang tight that, that we still have hopes of doing something, which which is great. Um, but I don't know, you know, is it is it going to be more conference games? Is it going to be, you know, I think that everybody realizes that we, we all just want games and, and we all want to do it in a safe, responsible way, but we want games. And I think once we get this decision, then you're going to see a lot of shuffling around to figure out how we can firm up what this thing looks like in, in, the, in the winter. You know, you have talked on this podcast multiple times about how scheduling at times can be the bane of your existence. And, and now to hear you say that you may have to blow the, the non-conference schedule up again, not knowing that uncertainty, you, you really got to be looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, um, this one was a hard one to put together and we really, we, we, we know what we have a chance to be with this group. And um, we really wanted to put ourselves in a, in a, in a position to schedule and, you know, go against some of the top people in the country and, um, you know, to be able to get an ESPN event and to be able to play the Louisville's and the Cincinnati's and to go back to Alabama and then even the Loyola's and the, the Winthrop's and St. Bonaventure. I mean, it was, it was a great schedule and, um, but, you know, we don't control it, you know, and we'll, we'll just try to do the best we can with what we got. But, you know, it's like I told the team, like we're, we're going to get some huge shirts to just say whenever, wherever, and just tell us, you know, where, where are we going to play and when are we going to play and, um, you know, the dens are going to be ready. You know, that's going to be our focus is making sure that we're, we're preparing correctly. We're keeping our focus where it needs to be. And, um, you know, that, that we make sure every single day we're trying to get a little bit better. You know, I think that's the, uh, if I remember reading correctly, that's the attitude that Bobby Bowden took when he took over the Florida State football program and was trying to build it into what it would ultimately become under him. And he had a motto, anytime, anyplace, anywhere, we'll go. Just tell us, yep. we'll show up and we'll be there and we'll play. Yep. Yep. I mean, that's, that's how it's going to be, you know, it's just, we're going to have to figure out this stuff quick. And, um, you know, it's it, the, the biggest thing I'm trying to make sure, I mean, any scheduling emails I get at right now, I usually just forward them to coach gross. So he can kind of deal with that. <laughs> I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to keep my attention on preparing this team and, and making sure our staffs, you know, aligned and in unison with a plan and, um, making sure that we're ready to go because what COVID's done is it's messed up our, 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 like, like our biological calendar a little bit, right? Like mm -hmm. you just don't always realize that, Hey, you know, like, yes, it is September 10th. Like there's still a little bit in this. It feels like, feels like July, you know, it feels like August, like it doesn't feel like it doesn't quite have the tone of where we would be in a normal year preparing for the season in that, like we would be starting regular practice in two weeks, basically in a traditional year. Right. And, and, and sometimes we just lose sight of that's how far along we are and we're going to be playing before we know it. And I think there's going to be a little bit of a competitive advantage on the people that can operate with an urgency about them right now as they deal with all these different balls in the air. Um, can you keep your focus where your focus needs to be? And, and that's definitely been our, our mission going forward. So what kind of uh, added pressure does that put on Matt Aldred then? You know what? Matt's done a heck of a job. I mean, it's, um, you know, Coach Murray was in town. Uh, he and, and Jessica and their kids came in from Nashville for 
for Jessica's funeral and um, Jessica's dad's funeral. And, uh, you know, he was able to pop in when, and just kind of take a peek when, when, when the guys had a little bit of a, of an open gym and a workout. And that was the first thing he said, you know, he was like, man, Bob, the, the bodies on some of these guys has improved tremendously in a year. And, you know, Matt's done a, an incredible job. He met with, with a ton of strength coaches via Zoom over this COVID period. And um, in all my player meetings, they're all talking about the, the, the higher level of detail and even some, even some different newer things that we're using in the weight room to try to get their bodies better. And we've seen a lot of great strides. And, um, you know, us being a total development program, we definitely want to make sure that we're cutting edge in the weight room and that we're, we're doing what we can to make sure these bodies are ready to move and ready to bend and ready to play as fast as we need to play. This is episode 41 of the All Den Podcast with head coach Bob Ritchie. I'm Dan Scott. Uh, let, let's talk a little bit uh, about the workouts and what you're getting accomplished. We touched on it briefly in the last episode, but didn't really get to spend a whole lot of time on it. What's going on with this team now? What, what have you seen? What are you able to see? Yeah, so we, we get eight hours a week right now, and that's that's split between, obviously, the weight room and what we can do on the court. And so we're, we're doing a blend of skill and then basically play. And, and, and it's really just structured, organized play. And, you know, for us in the way we play through concept and through spacing, there's an element of playing that you have to have. You know, it's, it's not so much a, you know, some people do more breakdown stuff. We play through so many reads that the only way you can really simulate a lot of those reads is to play. And so we'll go, we'll go heavy skill. Like today we had all skills. So we had three, four man groups. Tons of game shots, a lot of ball handling, a lot of cutting, and um, and then tomorrow we'll have more of a of more what we've been calling play days, and so we'll do about 15, 20 minutes of walkthrough where we'll install one of our concepts, and then we'll play for 30, 35 minutes and let them get up and down and it's controlled and we can get it on film and we can break it down, and we've just been alternating that, and um, it's given us a little bit of film, it's given us some stats, you know, one thing that we've gotten into this off season. You know, we're always looking for different ways to improve our data. And, um, you know, we spent some time during during the quarantine of coming up with a pretty intense formula that basically puts a value on everything, every single thing that we value. And then and then, and then it's like 37 different basically breakdowns. And so at the, and then you divide it by possessions. And then at the end of a workout, you get this number that's basically value per possession. And so at the end of the day, we can see not who scored the most, right? Not who took the most shots, but based on what we value as a program, right? What did they do during that possession? And then that spits out a formula. And so, you know, Alex Hunter, 1.10, right? Um, Clay, Clay Mounts, you know, 0.97 or whatever. And then it just ranks it. And so then we just send it out. And then now all of a sudden, instead of, you know, well, you know, maybe coaches owe me today or, you know, yeah, they, I'm a young guy or I'm, you know, whatever. It just takes all that out. And it just says, Hey, we all ascribe to the fact that this is what we value. This is what we do. Right. Yes, coach. Exactly. Okay. Well, here's what the data is saying. And they've gotten into it. We've gotten into it as a staff. Um, you know, you can, you can really use it as you're having player meetings. Um, you know, Tyler Eckstein does a lot of it for us and, you'll have these graphs that looks like the stock market and you can see their last 10 workouts on it and, you know, just seeing their trajectory. And so that's been good. Uh, I will tell you this, this, this sounds so coach speak and this sounds like what everybody says in September that, that, you know, we're going to have real depth and I'm sure I've been guilty of saying that before, 
but I do think this will be our deepest team. And, um, you know, I think that right now, to be honest with you, I mean, it, it appears, you know, we have five guys that have started basketball games before in their career. And it would make sense that those five would, would continue to be starting. Um, but from, from the next seven, like, I mean, I, I, I couldn't tell you right now. I mean, I really can't, like, it just depends on the day and, and we're, we're, and that's normal and that's natural and that's okay. We just don't have quite the consistency, but what we do have is the capability and the, the ability, right? Like you can see that the talent, the potential is there. And I think over these next couple of months, just ironing out can three or four, maybe even five of these guys step up and say, Hey, I'm going to be an everyday guy and I'm going to play to our standard. And you don't have to d decide like, are you going to do it on Wednesday and not do it on Saturday? Like this is like, we're ready to take that step. And I think if we can, that's going to allow us to play a tad bit faster, you know, maybe get our tempo up just a little bit. I, I don't, I don't want to play too crazy, but um, I think depth could be something that could be critical for us as we continue to try to make that next step. You know, you've talked since we started this podcast, since you took over the job here about your use of analytics and, and how from one year to the next, maybe some categories will change. You'll, you'll move on to some different things. How is that rounded out now as you're, heading into what will be your fourth season here. Are you set with a, a um, set number of, of analytical categories or is it always changing? It's always changing, you know, because I think, I think the reason is teams are always changing, you know, and, and what some teams might do naturally, others might not. And so really what you use the analytics for is to create your emphasis. And so for this group, you know, plainly said in a lot of ways, if we can do, and this is very generic, but if we can do what we did last year, rebound the ball better, then we're probably going to be able to do what we want to do, right? I mean, that, that's just when you look at the numbers, if, if we can have a better presence on the backboards, then that, that's probably got the biggest line of gain for us as a program. And so now we've got to create the analytics and we got to create the data to show who's being the most efficient in those categories so that we can create the emphasis in order to get the output. And so, you know, that's this team, you know, that's, that's been a huge message, you know, so far as we got to find some guys that want to rebound and, um, you know, and, and not only just putting it on them, but making sure we're good with technique, making sure we're good with language, making sure that we're emphasizing it through our analytics, right. And that we're giving appropriate value to that. And, you know, next year's team could be different. Next year's team could be, really, really good at rebounding. They might be natural rebounders. And now because of that, you know, maybe the ball's not, I mean, you just never know, right? Every team has a different deal. And so we, we've, there's some core values. I mean, we're not going to turn the ball over and we're not going to take bad shots. You know, that's, we try to at least limit bad shots. Um, we're going to try to, we're going to, we're going to take a lot of threes. We're going to try to get a lot of layups. Uh, we're going to try to get to the free throw line as best we can. Uh, there's certain shots on the court. We're not, we're not huge proponents of, and that stuff's probably not going to change just because that's, that's my philosophy and that's kind of how we built our system. Um, but, but at the end of the day, like you're, you're always looking to see what can we do a little bit better without changing that identity. Going back to an old school approach, it sounds like it's the, the new age way of, of basically a, a coach and a staff adapting to the personnel that they have. Yeah. I mean, you gotta, you know, I think the longer we recruit, and, and, and continue to get people that we really feel like the longer we do it, this is the type of player that does well in this system, right? Mm -hmm. Then some of this stuff is going to continue to get a little bit more streamlined. Um, but, you know, the, the cool part about this team, I mean, really, 
I mean, we can go out there, we can throw a big team at you. We can throw a conventional team at you. We can throw a small team at you. Um, we, we really got a lot of different lineups that we're going to be able to play with. We can go, you know, we can go three point guards. We can go Alex, you know, Joe and Mike and go fast and speed this thing up. We can, we can go three forwards at you like we've done traditionally. Um, we can, we can go, we can go almost four forwards at you. We got enough skill at those spots to where we shoot it well enough. And, you know, we're putting it on the deck well enough. We could, we could, there's all kind of different lineups that we can go to. And, and that's the exciting thing about it. It's just, you know, when you watch them play, uh, the versatility that we're going to be able to have with this team, I think it's going to be fun. Continuing with Bob Ritchie here on the All Dim Podcast, episode 41. Let's uh, close it out by talking about some of your alumni who are, are doing some things of note. And let's, let's uh, begin with Matt Rafferty, who uh, has, I guess, hung up the, the, the shoes as far as a player goes, but now has entered into the world of coaching, right? Yeah, you know, they're saying he entered it. I, I think he's been in it for a while. Uh, I know I know this. He was on my staff for two years. So um, this is just for me, this, this is his third year coaching because I definitely used him for anything I could get from him when he played for us. So, you know, I, I think he's going to be a natural just off of his instinct and his vision of the game. I think he's going to be really, really good there. Um, obviously, he has a passion for it. You know, I think um, – you know, there's a ton to learn, but the, the neat thing about him is he's willing to learn. And um, he was he was in Greenville, you know, since February, really, before he went to, to up to Indiana and, um, you know, doing whatever he could to prepare and train. And uh, he's going to do great. I mean, he calls me. You know how Matt is. We all know Matt. Matt's pretty simple. And, um, you know, even he was when he got up there, he called me one night. We probably talked for 30 minutes. I mean, you would have thought it was Christmas. I mean, he's just kind of going through everything he's doing and what he's doing and, you know, what they're doing up there. And, you know, it's, it's been really neat to, to, to hear his excitement and what he's doing. And, you know, he and I have been talking, you know, a couple of times a week and um, I'm looking forward to seeing his career develop and um, have full intent that uh, he'll be, he'll be, he'll be with us on the bench at some point during this career that we'll, We'll get him back in Timmins Arena at some point for sure. Well, just as a uh, a matter of promotion, as I mentioned, we're recording this on Thursday the 10th. Furman's next Lunch and Learn is on Tuesday the 15th of this coming week, which you are going to be the featured guest for that. But Matt Rafferty is going to be a guest star uh, in, 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 uh, in the middle uh, of that uh, Lunch and Learn. So it's going to be good to get him in front of the Furman fan base again. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. That's a good opportunity for him. And, you know, the, the fan base will have a good time asking him questions about his experience up there. And um, they, you know, he's, he's having to deal with, with, um, you know, just all kind of different things coming at him right now, but, but he's, uh, he's more than ready. He's more than prepared. And uh, that's going to be fun for them to be able to talk to, talk to him about that from that angle. Well, another guy who is going the route that Matt went a couple of years ago, uh, is uh, Jordan Lyons, who has signed to play uh, professionally overseas. And you were telling me right before we started the interview that he has uh, actually had his first, uh, what, a first exhibition game or, or first workout? So he, he's been over there for about a month now. And um, he had his first preseason game last night and uh, ironically scored 23 points, right? <laughs> and so that was his number and uh, played well. I texted him. He, he sent me the box score and I texted him last night. He's seven hours ahead of us. And uh, I saw five rebounds and no turnovers. And I told him, I said, that's, that's what I like, right? Like you're, you're going to get the 23. We all know that, but keep, keep making sure that you're playing, playing complete. And um, you know, now that he gets to put all his attention into it and he doesn't have to worry about school and go be a pro 
and uh, really, really learn that game. He's going to be a great professional in terms of how he carries himself and, you know, just the type of teammate he gets. The neat thing about it, you know, Dan, I'm sitting here scrolling through my phone right now, and I don't think you mind me sharing this, but, you know, he texted me yesterday when he saw the news on the contract extension. And uh, we went back and forth for a little while. And I'm just going to read off what he sent me because, you know, Jordan and I had a lot of fun moments together. I mean, we all think about all the different memories and moments and the big shots that he made in his career. And, um, you know, to, to get a text like this is pretty neat. But he, we were going back and forth. And he said, he said, Coach, we, did, we all did it together. That's the beauty of the program. We all are where we are largely because of how we impact each other. And I don't know if I could sum it up much better than that. You know, that, that, you know, this, this program is bought into this idea of connection and playing for one another. And um, the neat part is now we're getting to see it carried out into the next area of their life. And so you've got Andrew Brown that's getting married in November. And so Matt's coming back to be the best man and Jeff's having to make sure his work schedule, you know, works for that. And they're all coordinating this stuff and Daniel's in on it. Like, it just, it just doesn't stop with senior night. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's a lot of programs, it stops at senior night. And um, we're going to continue to build those layers of connection that are going to take them into their lives and um, continue to en enrich those relationships as they move on. And uh, to, to see Jordan, you know, capture it right there in that text, you know, he, I couldn't have said it any better. And uh, another moment that makes me a proud coach of these guys. How proud are you away from the basketball court of Jordan Lyons when you see some of the things that he had to say on social media in, in the last, um, you know, last month, two months with, you know, some of the unrest that's going on around this country that we all hate to see. And he's been very outspoken about it and, and almost pleading that we as a society have to do better. That had to make you proud too, I would imagine. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's a there's a reason Jordan leaves here the all-time winner, and, and that's because Jordan has courage, you know, and it's, it's one of the reasons, right? Jordan has courage, and Jordan's convicted, you know, like like when he when he decided to come here and commit to Furman University, you know, his blood turned purple, and he was all in from jump, and, and he worked every single day to try to make sure that, that he left here way better than he found it, and, you know, it's when you see people that are convicted, usually, Dan, it's not like, well, you know, they're, they're, they're convicted in this area of their life, but not so much in this area. And, you know, well, they're really involved in the community, but they really, they really don't have any type of philosophy or they're really not involved in their faith. Or it's usually like when you meet those type of people, it's like, it's like every single area you see these, mm -hmm. these, these moments of conviction. And, um, you know, for him, like, it's, it's just the same thing. That's, he knows, he knows what's wrong and that's clearly wrong. And he doesn't care what anybody thinks. He's going to voice it and he's going to say it and because he's convicted in it, as he should be. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm proud of him. I'm always proud of his courage, you know. And um, it's, it's one of those things, both of those guys, and even you know, we referenced Andrew a little while ago, like the courage of all three of them, you know, like that's, that's what you look back when you don't have them. Um, you know, those guys, those guys won for a reason and they, they won in tough circumstances mm -hmm. for a reason. Right. They, they turned something that wasn't winning and, and it took a certain amount of courage to do that. And so uh, whatever Jordan does, whatever Matt does, whatever Andrew does, you know, they're, they're telling me, you know, Jeff was at my house a week or so ago telling me about all the, you know, some of the deals that he's been able to, to break into here during this COVID stretch. Like none of it's going to surprise me, you know, like John Davis is up there doing great things and in, 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 in what he's doing with his training and 
Daniel's just growing like a tree in, in our program here in terms of his ability and what he's doing in his coaching career. It's um, that's 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 what you like to see. You want to see these trees continue to 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 grow and bloom and and, and to go do great things. And so, yeah, Jordan Jordan's gonna Jordan's gonna be a great pro, uh, but he's regardless, right? Like he's gonna lead a life of conviction. And um, that's why that's why he left here such a big winner. All these guys you have mentioned who have gone out of your program and, and into the real world but remain so connected to Furman basketball. Could you ask for any better ambassadors for your further the man program? No, and that's why we do it. You know, it's it's why we do it. And um, you know, I had a podcast this morning that I had to do for uh another, you know, college basketball group and um you know, I was talking a little bit about the Further the Man program and, and you know, it really goes back to, to my journey. You know, me wanting to be a Division One basketball player, not being quite good enough going Division Two, and, you know, really just kind of floundering around for a couple of years, you know, and just not really knowing, like, I put all my eggs in this idea of basketball. And I, I, I got I got into that journey and I was just kind of, you know, I was a little bit lost for a little while and, and understanding that there hopefully will be a pro opportunity, but, but regardless of a pro opportunity, there's going, you're going to have to be prepared for something next. That's probably going to be greater than what you're doing now. And, and we have an obligation to make sure that we're preparing them. And um, you know, that's, 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 that's the best part of this. I'm telling you, I mean, I know it sounds like coach speak, but winning games is great. Don't get me wrong. We, we all love to win. But when you see these guys going out there and then they can reference their experience and their connection and what they learn, the sacrifice, understand it's not about them and understanding that you got to continually get better and understand that, that, you know, it is more of a better together mentality. Uh, that's, that's, that's when it's, that's when you look back on this and you say, Hey, all those late nights, early mornings, you know, it was all worth it. And um, you know, so we're excited about it. You know, we've done this uh, since we've been back and this has been my wife's idea, but, we've had two players in our house every week, you know, since, since everybody got back. So we're going on week six. And so we got, we got uh, Slauson and Mike coming over tonight for dinner, but you know, they sit down table of six, you know, it's my two kids, my wife and I and them, and it's just a family meal, you know, and, and we get to hear about their life and we get to hear about what's going on with them and, you know, how their class is going and how their families are doing. And, you know, that's, that's the best part about this when your kids are asking when they're coming over and, you know, we just want to make sure we keep investing in their life and uh, don't lose sight of what the, what the main mission is here. So Max not critiquing any game film or any practice film when they come over? He'll do that. You know, lately he's been, he's been caught up in the playoffs, so we'll have the playoffs on. Okay. And he's, he's going through who's, who's scoring and who's getting stuff done, and they end up start talking playoff ball. But, uh, you know, he's, he's definitely they, – they love it. So uh, it's, it's, been, it's been a lot of fun. Well, Bob, that's everything we had on the run sheet. Anything else you want to talk about before we wrap up this episode? No, just just stay hopeful, stay excited. You know, we're, we're going to get to some games, and um, you know, we're, we're going to at some point we're going to we're going to figure this whole thing out. We're going to get this all organized and be back on the court. And, you know, we've got some stuff we're working on back when we can get to to being able to engage, and um, you know, we're kind of revamping some of our you know, round ball stuff and some different fundraising de deals that, that I know that the department's been working on in terms of just getting people involved. And, you know, that's, that's the exciting part is we're, we're, we're getting, we're getting more people that are saying, Hey, we want to be a part of this. And, um, you know, don't, don't let the times discourage you. Don't let, don't let all this other stuff discourage you from, from understanding that we're, we're going to get to games and uh, stay with us, stay excited. And we'll be bouncing that ball before we know it.
Great words, Bob. Appreciate it, buddy. All right. We'll see you all soon. And with that, we wrap up episode 41 of the All Den podcast. Our thanks to head coach Bob Ritchie for being uh, with us and as forthcoming as, as he always is. And when we get together again in a couple of weeks, we should have, if all goes according to plan, and this is 2020, so take that with a little bit of a grain of salt, but we should have in the next episode significantly more clarity on what the schedule is going to look like for Furman basketball. So we'll hold that off until next time, and we'll put a wrap on episode 40. Uh, episode 41, excuse me. Uh, I'll just remind you again that it's brought to you by our friends at Shortfields and Downtown Travelers Rest. Shortfields.com is the website for the menu and the operating hours. And, again, if you have any questions or comments, uh, anything you'd like to get in front of Coach Bob Ritchie, you can email them to me, dan.scott at furman.edu. dan.scott at furman.edu. That'll wrap it up for episode 41 of the All Den Podcast. We'll see you again next time. And until then, for all of us with Furman Basketball, I'm Dan Scott saying God bless you. So long, everybody, and thanks for being All Den.